Welcome. You're listening to the Bulldog Educator Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Kirsten Wilson. Thank you so much for listening. Music created for the Bulldog Educator is by David Galvez. Podcast platform is through anchor.fm. Hi, and welcome back to the Bulldog Educator with your host, Kirsten Wilson. You're joining me for episode seven, seven, season two of the Bulldog Educator. And this episode, we're going to be talking about airport restrooms, guest dialect coach, and universal design for learning. So I'm going to just start off with um, sometimes when you're out and about, things come to you in ways that you didn't expect, that when you're in the mix or in the focus of your job as an educator, you don't notice. So a few weekends ago, I made a quick flight to uh, see my daughter just a little outside of Chicago. Um, She was stage managing a performance at her university. And there were a couple of experiences in this quick trip that I wanted to share regarding um, the adventure that I had and what I noticed outside of my normal environment that I brought back to share with you. So what I want to share with you is all being shared through the lens of universal design for learning and in particular accessibility. So first I want to share my flight experience. Um, As you guys all know, in every airport, you have the opportunity to see how universal's design is addressed. This was, um, this was not unusual. for me to notice this because universal design is something that um, I have taken a huge interest in in um, in the last couple of years. But for the sake of this podcast, instead of talking about every element of universal design that I noticed, I'm going to talk to you about restrooms. I know, I know you aren't listening to hear stories of potty talk, but let's be honest. Everyone on this podcast has had to use a restroom from um, from time to time. And I imagine most of my listeners have had to use a restroom in an airport. One of the first things I noticed was space. The use of space in an airport restroom is critical. Normal girth for any other kind of restroom likely triples when you're traveling. No one, if they can help it these days, checks a bag anymore because it's going to cost you a pretty penny. Most of us will have a backpack stuffed with as much as it can hold and a carry-on size suitcase. In most cases, our suitcases have rollers. Thank you for universal design on that one for sure. Anyway, you put those two together and then you got to navigate around turns and other people with equal amounts of additional baggage and then can get quite interesting. If the entrance of a restroom has too many sharp turns or not enough space for two people to get by, then it can cause a traffic jam. Then there are the restroom stalls themselves. In restrooms outside of airports, all stall doors push in toward the toilet. This was also the case in two of the airports that I was in. However, one must have thought about the rule that you cannot leave your bags unattended and have to get yourself and all your baggage into a stall while trying to fight a a door that swings in versus a door that swings out. 
This is not only a shoehorn situation if it's a swing in door, but it also requires more time for maneuvering. And we all know how critical time is in air travel. So the swing out design, while such a small thing, became genius in my eyes. The other thing that I noted was the actual space in the stall. When you have all that baggage, a stall that is about a third longer than what most are used to is nearly essential. This allows the restroom user not just to have the bags nearly in their lap while they're indisposed or having the backpack hung on the hook hit them in the head when they stand up. That third more space makes all the difference in the experience. Finally, the sinks for hand washing. Having an open space underneath the sinks helps you to keep your baggage sprawl in check and allows others to use a sink adjacent to yours without either person feeling like they're, they're too close or the other person's belongings is too close or may um, infringe on somebody else's space. So having that open space for belongings to be able to slide under while you're washing your hands is a super smart move. This observation of accessibility on this trip was interesting. I know that in every case, the restrooms in these airports are all ADA compliant. They have to be. However, it intrigued me that careful thought regarding use of space, the way door, the door swings and the layout of the entrance and the exit and the sinks made all the difference from being comfortable and having my needs met versus just checking the required and leaving it to the travel to travel tra traveler to might try to make it work. How often do we sometimes do what is checks the box or is compliant but, and it meets the required basic expectations. However, if we just took a moment to consider are we adding more challenges? For example, some airports were built before the rule that requires that baggage can't be left unattended. Yet not adjusting the learning environments to new challenges, just like the requirement of not leaving your baggage unattended and not adjusting the size of restrooms, by not adjusting to the learning environment in those two challenges, are we making things more complicated or frustrated? Instead, are there things that we can do to make learning better for all? Let me be clear, I'm a perfectly capable person, but having those small things like I mentioned about the door swinging out instead of in, being a little bit larger space, having the ability to navigate corners easier, those type of things, made my restroom experience so much more enjoyable and lessened my frustration as a traveler. Pondering that, I wonder, could we as ed educators try and change a few small things for all learners to make learning more enjoyable for all? I also wonder when those bathrooms that were functionally more uh, comfortable and easier to, to um, navigate, were they designed where, where travelers were asked what worked better for them? Or were the travelers observed and commonly designed restrooms to see what could be improved? What if we asked our learners how we could improve their accessibility? Or when we introduced new constraints, like keeping your baggage with you, 
what could we do to help them with certain features of support and still help them arrive at their desired destination for learning with minimum frustration? Now, the second experience I had with accessibility was going to hear a guest speaker who is a dialect coach at my daughter's university. His name is Stephen Rimke. He was profound in how he brought a room of 50 college students in close, and this all started with the stance as he opened up his lecture. He first started with an introduction by doing a land acknowledgement. As defined by Wikipedia, a land acknowledgement is a formal statement often spoken at the beginning of a public event that is taking pl place on land originally inhabited by indigenous peoples. Now, some of you may be already familiar with this land acknowledgement, but for me, this was profound as it stated to me, his acknowledgement that there are stories that came before us and there are presently stories in the room while, where we sat. He also said that all these stories are held with importance. As we continue to do the work around accessibility, it doesn't just have to do with physical challenges or learning challenges, but it also has to deal with whether a person feels that they belong. In this particular lecture, I was completely out of place and much older than most everyone in the room except the professors. I was the mom going to support my daughter and spend time with her, but in an instant, that land acknowledgement said to me, I hear your story, your story holds value, and everyone in this room belongs here, including you, and you are welcome. Inclusivi inclusivity is another area of work in regard to accessibility in our work as educators. I'm intrigued how as I continue to connect with my world, and I see things through the, through the lens of universal design and universal design for learning, how we are all working in small ways to create space and a sense of belonging that over time can have a huge impact in our world. I would love to know how your lens is changing or continuously reframing as you take on the framework of universal design for learning and look at the world through universal design. I would love for you to share comments through my Facebook page, my Twitter, or my Instagram by looking for me for the Bulldog Educator via at the Bulldog EDU. I hope that you find ways that the outside world continues to impact you just as it has me, and I look forward to hearing your stories as well. Thank you so much. This is the Bulldog Educator signing off. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Bulldog Educator, hosted by yours truly, Kirsten Wilson. You can find the Bulldog Educator on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using the handle at the Bulldog EDU. That's at the Bulldog EDU. You can also find us and content related to education and this podcast on our blog at thebulldogedu.org.